his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We have our friend Rick Bigelow with us to give us some uh, Pacific history during World War II. And uh, Rick Bigelow, first of all, welcome. Glad to be with you, Bob. Now, we got some of the way through this. One of the things we talked about, and it was surprising, because of their mutual distaste for and concerns about the Russians, the uh, British helped the Japanese Navy grow and uh, develop build, building ships and all that kind of thing for them. We got that far, but we uh, I think we left off with the Singapore falling where an, right. uh, an, an overmanned British force surrendered to a smaller Japanese force. That's exactly right. Uh, and there were something like 80,000 British and Commonwealth soldiers uh, in and around Singapore. And I think it's uh, important to note that it wasn't just the British Army. An awful lot of the uh, the soldiers who were fighting under the British flag were Africans or Indians. Uh, there were huge uh, Sikh battalions and so on. So uh, it, it was uh, really a combination of British and uh, African and Indian soldiers who were fighting for the British. So... They had about 80,000 British uh, POWs, and there were a whole bunch of civilians that became uh, prisoners of the Japanese, too. And it was something like a a 35,000-man Japanese force actually came right down the Malay Peninsula and laid siege to uh, Singapore, and Singapore eventually surrendered. And this was a shock to the British because Singapore had always been— regarded as uh, as a fortress, an impregnable fortress. And Churchill was really concerned because he was really concerned about whether his uh, his forces would fight, especially after the, the debacle at Dunkirk and, and uh, the initial incursions. Well, he, into, and he had also Northern. promised FDR that they would hold Singapore. That's right. That's right. And and they uh, they didn't hold it. And and, uh, it, you know, the Japanese were on a roll. And so four days after Singapore fell on February 15th of 1942, Japanese bombers attacked Darwin in northern Australia. And this is something that uh, isn't known that much outside of uh, Australia. But there were something like uh, over 100 uh, air attacks on, Jap- on uh, Australian cities in northern Australia, like uh, Darwin and Broome and uh, Townsville 
and the the Americans and the Aussies were building airstrips there, so the uh, the Japanese were intent on taking them out. But this raid on Darwin that happened was uh, was significant. Uh, they sunk several Allied merchant ships and uh, damaged several others. They sank a U.S. destroyer, and much of the infrastructure in Darwin was destroyed. And at the time, you think of Darwin as a city in northern Australia. It only had a population of about 5,000, and it was, uh, you know, it was mostly shacks and little construction shacks and so on and so forth. So the Japanese bombers came in and, and destroyed uh, much of it. And like I said, over the next several months, the Japanese conducted over 100 aerial attacks in Australia. Uh, <clears throat> so we also talked about the Abdicom fleet, which was the American, British, Dutch, and Australian fleet that was cobbled together uh, after uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor. And that was uh, basically there to protect the uh, the oil resources in Borneo and Java from the Japanese. And that uh, fleet was basically wiped out by the Japanese in late February to early March of 1942. And it just kept getting worse. Mm. Uh, Rangoon in Burma fell on March 28, 1942, and by May, uh, the Japanese controlled most of Burma. And there were large numbers of Burmese, British, and Commonwealth troops who retreated into India. And at this point in time, uh, the British especially were very worried about the Japanese uh, coming into uh, into India. Uh, Britain was making huge amounts of money from control of India, and they were very concerned about losing, which which they eventually did later on in the decade. So at this point in time, there really was very little to prevent the Japanese from taking control of the rich oil fields in Borneo and Java. Uh, they still had to win some land battles, but uh, the the Dutch and allied forces really couldn't supply themselves very well. So Japan was, was just going to roll right in and it's important to talk about you know why was japan doing all this well being an island nation and with so many of their men in the military uh they needed they they really couldn't feed themselves so they were getting rice from burma they were getting oil and refinery products from the dutch east indies rice and other materials from the philippines rubber from malaya and also rice and other uh, raw materials from Indochina. And, in, and un, under the category, Rick Bigelow, of be careful what you wish for, uh, the Japanese taking control meant millions of slave laborers for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I, I think we said last time, initially a lot of the native populations in these lands were happy that the Japanese were coming in because um, that meant getting rid of the uh, the Western colonial powers. But within a couple of weeks, they <laughs> they figured out that they really uh, were trading something bad for something much, much worse. Yeah. Rick Bigelow's so our guest. He's a patent attorney by trade, historian by avocation, uh, and, and he gives us this great stuff. Well, we the American public was not told the depths of the devastation that we had incurred in the Pacific, particularly Pearl Harbor, but elsewhere throughout that uh, ocean. Right. And, and so they decided they're going to boost morale. 
with a number of things so they can say, hey, we're fighting back, but at the same time knowing we're devastated. Right. Well, uh, because the uh, the battle fleet and, and much of the surface fleet was destroyed or damaged at Pearl Harbor, the only thing they had left was the aircraft carriers, which fortunately had not been at Pearl Harbor when the Japanese attacked. So they had a series of what can only be called uh, hit-and-run raids and the Gilberts and the Marshalls, and uh, there was a raid on Wake Island and uh, another one on Marcus Island, which was an island about 2,000 miles from, from Japan in, in the northern Pacific. And also there was one more raid on uh, Japanese enclaves in, uh, in the Papua New Guinea area. Uh, and finally, there was the April 18, uh, 1942 raid against Tokyo, which was uh, conducted by the Hornet and the Enterprise under Halsey. Most of these uh, raids were conducted uh, by Admiral Halsey, and he very quickly became the uh, the poster boy for fighting back, and and uh, he became a, a hero to the American public, like, much like uh, MacArthur was made to be the hero for his gallant stand in the Philippines and so on and so forth. <laughs> I, well, it reminds me of I, I you know not well to bring it to contemporary. Uh, the, the the largest uh, intelligence failure in the history of the country, maybe the second if you go Pearl Harbor, but the, one of the largest intelligence failures was uh, was uh, September 11th, 2001, and all the politicians in charge their population or their popularity skyrocketed. <laughs> JFK told uh, Barry Goldwater, he goes, so you want this effing job, Barry, after the Bay of Pigs? He goes, he goes, and he said to him, he said, the worse I do, the more popular I get. <laughs> Quite amazing. So, yep. uh, all right, so now the Indian Ocean raid, because the, the, the Japanese and the Germans start to think, man, we could link up in the Middle East. I mean, we could right. control that whole Asian subcontinent. And now we're fighting it out uh, right there in, in the Indian Ocean. Right. Well, you know, the, the Japanese needed oil, and so did the Germans. And the uh, the mother load of oil was in the Middle East. So there were serious discussions about, you know, especially the Japanese were doing so well that they could just keep going into India and up through uh, what eventually became Pakistan and Iran to the to the Middle East and uh, just take control of all that oil. Uh, the other thing was, you know, the British Navy was still a very large and formidable force, even though they were kind of preoccupied uh, with the events in uh, the North Atlantic, around England, and uh, also in the Mediterranean. So the, uh, the, the Japanese figured with the Americans out of, out of action for a significant period of time, and the Abdicon force uh, basically disbanded and of no further uh, threat to them that they would the, – the only force that could potentially uh, cause them a problem was the British Navy. So they decided to move into the Indian Ocean and, uh, and see what they could do about the, the British Navy there. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi and even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. 
Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. So they they uh, decided that they were going to take a two-part approach to this. The first was to capture what's known as the Andaman Islands, which is a, a series of islands about 200 miles uh, off the uh, – it's to the west of the Thailand-Burma area. And the Andaman Islands were controlled by the British, and the British had used these islands as a penal colony – for uh, British political prisoners from India and Africa hmm. for a hundred years or so. So the Japanese landed on March 23rd, 1942 on the Andaman Islands and the British garrison, which was a few British officers and a small detachment of Sikh militia, they didn't oppose the landings. The uh, British officers became POWs and many of the Sikhs joined what became known as the Indian National Army. And that's the way the, the British uh, handled their Commonwealth forces. Generally, the troops were African or Indian or, or Gurkhas, but the officers were always British. And, uh, you know, that just, that just uh, stuck in the craw of a lot of the enlisted soldiers in these uh, armies. So uh, the, the fact that these Sikh militia joined the Indian National Army, and let me talk about what they were, it was made up of uh, former British Commonwealth soldiers from India who joined forces under Japanese command to seek to uh, force the British out of India. Hmm. And they, they wound up with several divisions of Indian soldiers who actually joined forces with the Japanese, especially uh, in the, the Burma area, to uh, to try to drive the British out of India. The, the, the Japanese said, you know, join up with us, and when we take India, uh, you'll you'll have control of the uh, of the subcontinent. So there were there are a lot of moving parts with this uh, invasion into the Indian Ocean. So they secured the Andaman Islands, and then the Japanese Navy took aim at the British Eastern Fleet that was primarily located in in what was then called Ceylon, and is now Sri Lanka. Uh, Japanese fleet had six carriers. This was the the Kido Bataille that had attacked Pearl Harbor. Uh, so those guys had really gotten around. They went from Japan to Pearl Harbor, uh, back to the Dutch East Indies, and now into the Indian Ocean. Uh, four battleships, 11 cruisers, 23 destroyers, 
five submarines and 275 aircraft. And their opposition the British, were the British. The, the British fleet was significantly less. And uh, not only did they have fewer ships, they were older ships, and they had kind of cobbled them together at the last minute, and uh, they, they just weren't used to operating with each other. And I think in a word you can say the, the British were uh, seriously outgunned. Uh, the Japanese first air fleet, also known as Kido Batai, was under the command of Admiral Nagomo, who had led the attack on Pearl Harbor. So his ships and his flyers and his whole fleet was, was pretty uh, yeah. experienced. Uh, and, uh, Rick Bigelow is our guest. We're going to take a break now, Rick. We're going to come back with the attack uh, on then Ceylon and uh, the continuation of this war in the Indian Ocean, Japanese versus the British, World War II. Bob Cadaro, the eponymous show will roll on Rick Bigelow, our favorite patent attorney and our favorite Asian historian. He's our man. We'll be back with him shortly. That's Van Halen. They released their first single, You Really Got Me. This date, 1978, is a remake of the Kinks hit. Not a bad one. And uh, 2005, this date, legendary Tonight Show host Johnny Carson dies in Los Angeles at the age of 79. We played you that <laughs> iconic introduction with Ed McMahon and, uh, of course, his final show. But he, we lost him this date, 2005. He, just, I'm telling you, icon. What else could you say? So many people went to bed with Johnny Carson. And that was a joke of the day, too. And uh, Rick Bigelow, I'm guessing you were one of them, right? I, I didn't hear the question, Bob. So many people went to bed with Johnny Carson every night. <laughs> yeah. yep. That was the joke of the day. And, I mean, the show was on till 1 o'clock in the morning at, at uh, for, for most of its run. Then they cut it back to, you know, an hour. Uh, man, <laughs> that's what everybody watched while they were in bed sleep, you know, ready to go to sleep. That was their night-night their uh, show. Yeah, I always watched the monologue. <laughs> yeah, I loved the monologue. And because and it, uh, it was actually reverse laughter. With Carson. Yep. You were laughing at him, and he knew it, and it was designed that way. <laughs> oh, great stuff. But uh, in any event, we're, we're back to sort of more serious history with Rick Bigelow, our, our favorite patent attorney and favorite uh, World War II historian. So they attack, the Japanese attack uh, British naval bases at Colombo and Trincomalee, in then Ceylon, tell us what happens. Well, they uh, had uh, aerial attacks into these bases at Colombo and Trincomalee, and uh, Nagumo hoped to catch the British carriers in port, but uh, the British intelligence knew the attack was coming, and a major of the portion of the British fleet had uh, withdrawn. So the, uh, they caught them out on the open ocean, and a naval battle ensued between the British fleet and the Japanese. Uh, the Japanese scored an overwhelming victory, uh, sinking one British carrier, two heavy cruisers, two destroyers, and some smaller vessels, uh, and destroyed 54 British aircraft. 
825 British sailors were killed. On the other hand, the, the Japanese lost 18 aircraft and 32 uh, KIAs. Uh, none of their ships were were uh, damaged at all. So the British, realizing that they are hopelessly outgunned, withdrew most of the rest of their fleet to their base at Mombasa, Kenya. And you know, <laughs> you think of where the British had colonies. They had colonies all over Africa and in India, and you know, in Hong Kong and Malaysia, and so on and so forth, and part of New Guinea. So I mean, the, the it really was a, a far-flung empire, and uh, World War II was a, a significant threat to that empire. And and all um, of a sudden, Rick Bigelow, the sun did set on the on the British Empire, didn't it? It was yeah. beginning to set, without a doubt. Uh, and there was one more. Uh, Japanese task force that attacked uh, several of the British strongholds uh, along the uh, southeast coast of India. And they sank 23 merchant ships, which uh, seriously crippled the British supply efforts in the Indian Ocean, which was important because they, they needed to uh, supply their troops in what was left of Burma and in the northeast part of India. So this was quite the victory for the Japanese. At this point in time, the, the British expected a Japanese assault on Ceylon, and if they had taken it, which they probably could have without too much trouble, uh, they would have just controlled the Indian Ocean and the entryways into the Persian Gulf uh, for the rest of the war. But the Japanese army was uh, busy in Burma. They were busy uh, getting ready for uh, campaigns in the Solomons and in, in Papua New Guinea, so they did not want to uh, spare troops to go into Ceylon, which was probably a mistake on their part, but that's what they decided to do. And then uh, this the, this group, as we conclude here, uh, Nagumo's first air fleet, they returned to the Pacific for the attack on Midway, which <laughs> the United States miraculously prevails. Right. And in fact, on the way to Midway, uh, Nagumo... Uh, allowed two of his carriers to go into the Coral Sea to support uh, port the uh, invasion at Port Moresby, which uh, wound up being the naval battle of the Coral Sea, which was a standoff. But two of the carriers uh, were not able to participate in the Midway uh, assault because they had been damaged at the Coral Sea. And uh, so that meant Nagumo's Kido Batai only had four carriers instead of the six that they were planning mm. to send to Midway. So if they had six carriers there, uh, the, the whole outcome could have been much different at Midway. And that was the so turning, uh, turning point in the uh, Asian-Pacific War. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Exactly. All right. Well, Rick Bigelow, thank you as always. Uh, we're looking forward to your next foray into uh, – uh, naval history into uh, World War II history and whatever else your strikes your fantasy. We just love it. We absolutely love it. I, I think uh, next time in a couple weeks, Bob, I'd like to talk about uh, Wake Island, the defense right. of Wake Island. I would love it. Uh, we're going to leave Rick Bigelow with uh, the United States and particularly Britain devastated. And this is 1942. And That's right. man, we had a long way to come back. Rick, thank you as always. A pleasure, informative, and uh, well delivered. Very good. 
Glad to be with you, Bob. Thank you. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.